The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. It's 3.06 on this, the Wednesday edition of the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. And, you know, earlier this year, one of our colleagues at CKNW in Vancouver came forward with his diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. Larry Gifford is the senior program director there and is using his voice now to help educate folks about Parkinson's and the challenges and the experiences, the successes he's been going through. Hey, Larry. Hello there. How's it going? Good. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. My pleasure. Larry, I have to ask, uh, I want you to sort of walk us through, you know, your discovery of the diagnosis of Parkinson's. And I'm very interested in this. I'm a little uh, invested in it, in fact, because I I don't talk about it. I've never talked about it on the show here. My dad had Parkinson's, and I remember the day it was diagnosed, and he sat down with his sons to say you need to read this because there's a pretty there's there's a substantial chance that you'll suffer from this one day yourself so what's your tell us your journey how did it start well so i I was diagnosed in august of 2017 um and uh i started tremoring in january of 2017 but i had symptoms for about nine years before Hmm. didn't know it uh, so it started for me with my walk. I had like a shuffling gait, and uh, my, my, my right foot would drag. And over the course of time, I felt like I was getting weaker on my right side. Uh, it was, I was having a hard time coordinating throwing a Frisbee with my son. I was having a hard time picking up things, and then the tremor came, and I decided it was time to go see a doctor to figure out what and, was actually going on. And up until that point, you just chalked it up to... I don't know, getting older? Was that, was that oh, it? Yeah, well, we thought I was uh, overweight or out of shape or getting older. Hey, maybe this is what 45 is like. <laughs> yeah, uh, tell me about I've it. Been, I've never been 45 before, <laughs> so I didn't know. Um, and so uh, so the tremor was, my, was handing a glass of water to my son, and my hand started shaking, and he looked at me and said, Dad, what's wrong? And mm. I said, I, I don't know. Hmm. Um, and so we had a checked out, and they first thought I had MS. And so they sent me to the MS neurologist, and he said, y- you don't have MS, but I think you have Parkinson's. And so then they sent me to a Parkinson's specialist, and I was diagnosed uh, a year ago, August. So, so Larry, uh, I have to we- ask, um, and you know, it's funny. My dad used to jingle change in his pocket when he spoke publicly, and we all thought it was a nervous habit. Mm. But it was him hiding the tremor in his hand. Um, would it have made any difference if you'd have gotten to a doctor sooner? No. There's no... There, I mean, it, I would have had uh, more control over my symptoms because it would have started me on the levodopa, uh, which creates a synthetic dopamine uh, sooner, uh, which actually helps me a lot with my tremors. Um, but th- there's no cure, and there's no uh, real... They don't really know why you get it. And there's a lot of theories, but they're still doing a lot of scientific research to, to really figure it out. So for those folks that are listening, Larry, that don't necessarily know what Parkinson's is, maybe they've they've heard of, you know, Michael J. Fox and, you know, that sort of thing. What is it and um, how does it manifest besides those tremors? Sure, yeah. It, it's a, a degenerative, uh, neurodegenerative disease. 
uh, that's uh, basically over the course of time, your symptoms become worse and worse and worse. Um, what happens in your brain is in the center of your brain, there's an area where you produce dopamine. Uh, and dopamine is what you need, is the chemical in your body that allows you to make movement. So when you go to pick up a cup of coffee or when you go to take a step or when you go to do anything, the, the, the chemical dopamine is needed to initiate that action. By the time I was diagnosed, they, they presume I've lost 80% of the dopamine-making brain cells in my head. Wow. Wow. And, and what are they able to do for you? So I take levodopa carbidopa, which is sort of the gold standard for Parkinson's disease. It's been around since the 1960s. Um, and I take it four times a day. And uh, they, every six months, they, I go in for another test, and they go, oh, yeah, your symptoms are progressing. You better mm. take some more. And so then they up the dosage. Wow, so that's mm. what you are. You're there. It hasn't stabilized in any way yet. Um, no, and everybody's different. Everybody's different. That's the thing. The way it manifests in everybody is so totally unique. Some people don't ever get tremors, but yeah. they have Parkinson's. Yeah. You know what? You've been, uh, you've been uh, in the radio business and the broadcasting business for a very long time, uh, Larry. And how difficult was this for you to share your diagnosis publicly? And the second part of that is, is why did you finally decide to do it? Well, I, it was it was hard. Um, you know, I kept it a secret for a while, um, and, and the fear that everybody has when they try to tell anybody uh, that they have a degenerative brain disease or or any chronic disease is, um, you know, they, they're going to treat you differently or they're they're going to look at you differently. Or in this case, trying to tell my my work about it, you're like. Oh, yeah. Oh, am I am I still viable? Uh-huh. Are they still going to want me? Um, and, and so there's a lot of fear involved in that. But what I found was I got a ton of support, and and really Chorus has been nothing but uh, but great along the whole way, including helping me with this podcast. And <laughs> the reason I decided to tell my story is I was uh, listening to you know I don't know when you when you get diagnosed you do a lot of research and stuff. And there's a researcher out of um, the states who who had put on a paper last fall that said if the people who have Parkinson's don't start telling their stories, we'll never have enough money for research to find a cure. And at the rate the Parkinson's is developing across the globe, it is a global pandemic. Fifteen years ago, there were, it was at a certain rate. It doubled in 15 years. It's going to double again in 15 more years. So there's 10 million people on the earth that have Parkinson's today. And in 15 years, that number is going to be about 20 million. Wow. Larry, what causes Parkinson's? Well, that's a good question. They, they don't know. Uh, there's a lot of theories. Uh, some of it, uh, it can be genetic. They've found 70 gene mutations that they can associate with Parkinson's. Uh, they think it could be connected to pesticides and gut health. Uh, it could be concussions, like you think of Muhammad Ali. His mm-hmm. may have been because of concussions. So. There's a lot of different triggers. They're trying to figure out what's what's the magic formula. Larry Gifford is the um, Senior Program Director at CKNW in Vancouver, also the man behind the podcast, When Life Gives You Parkinson's, and being very upfront and open with this diagnosis. Now, Larry, what can you, what can or can't you do now that you could or couldn't do before? How, how things have changed in the past year and a half? 
Well, I mean, I'm a father of a nine-year-old, and so mm-hmm. you know, when you when you're a father of a really active kid, um, you, you like to wrestle around, you like to lift him up and throw him around and put him on your shoulders, and I can't do that stuff as nearly as well or as safe as I once could. Mm. Um, and like uh, even just everyday tasks like shaving or throwing the frisbee or anything that I have to do with my right hand, my, my fine motor skills are, are really reduced. Uh, and so I, I find it difficult and I've had to teach myself how to type primarily with my left hand, how to eat with my left hand, how to shave with my left hand. Uh, so, and then I'm going to physiotherapy trying to get, you know, more functionality with my right hand and, and trying to learn how to walk again, you know, I went to run for the bus stop and I fell oh my because gosh. my left side moves faster than my right side. Hmm. Um, and so when you go to run, your your left side's like, let's go. And your right side's like, oh, <laughs> wait, hang up. <laughs> so you fall forward. Yeah. You know, what about the conversation or have you had a conversation or thought about having a conversation with your son? As you mentioned, people, we're not sure what causes Parkinson. It could be genetic. Um and as I said off the top, I know that when my dad was diagnosed, the doctor, uh, the doctor encouraged him to talk to his sons, particularly to say that they need to watch for the symptoms. Yeah, well, we, we talk about it all the time. He's actually on the podcast, um, and uh, we, we discuss it with him. And in this episode in particular, uh, we invite uh, the listeners to sit down at the dinner table with us as we talk about Parkinson's and uh, our troubles sleeping and uh Dad's going to be using cannabis oil and what that means, you know. Uh, now that it's legal in the in Canada, you know, uh, it's different conversation that we're having with our son than it was even a month ago when we were talk, talking about, you know, how he, you know, be careful about marijuana and our good neighbors that smoked a lot of marijuana and so just cha- the changing environment around that discussion is uh, is really profound. Uh, in my case, my son's adopted, so it, it won't be a genetic mm. thing. Um, but, um, yeah, it's certainly a conversation that's, because it affects the whole family. You know, yeah. I can't, you know, two o'clock on Saturday afternoon when we would be out and about, so I need a nap. Yeah. Yeah. So, Larry, you, you um, have talked uh, and you just brought it up about the challenges now. Uh, one of the challenges you're facing is, is sleep and, um, and having trouble sleeping. What does your sleep night look like? Well, I go to bed, uh, well, I put my son to bed, and then go back downstairs, and my wife and I spend some time together, and then we go up around 10 o'clock, uh, and then I sleep until, depends on the night, one or two, or maybe three, and then I'm up. And that's it, there's no going back to sleep. And it's like, you just shoot out of bed like it's seven in the morning. Huh. Um, and it's, you know, you, and I've tried everything. I've tried uh, magnesium glycinate, I've tried light therapy, I've tried... Um, uh, uh, essential oils and mm-hmm. aromatherapy. <laughs> you name You've it. You've done that's it all. Yeah, one, one of our texters asking, have you tried uh, focused ultrasound? Uh, I've not tried the focused ultrasound, but I'll put it on the list. I've tried melatonin. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, so it's come down to, and we talk about it in the podcast, between pharmaceuticals, which is like an antidepressant mm-hmm. to help you sleep, or, uh, or, or cannabis oil. And so... Uh, through this podcast, we 
uh, I take you on the adventure, my adventure, into the cannabis dispensary to get <laughs> cannabis oil and, uh, and, and uh, document how that worked for me. Well, and would you mind sharing right now? Again, the podcast is uh, When Life uh, Gives You Parkinson's by Larry Gifford, but has it made a difference yet for you? Larry, how long have you been taking the CBD oil? So for four weeks, uh, I've taken it. I uh, started with one drop under my tongue each night before bedtime. Uh, the first week, it didn't do much. The second week, I increased to two drops, and that seemed to, uh, when I'd wake up, I could fall back asleep a little easier. Uh, I didn't have to get out of bed and, you know, remove myself from the situation um, as much. Um, and then the third week, I upped it to three drops. Uh, I kind of slid back into my old cycle, and at four drops, uh, it's it's kind of where it was when I started the experiment. So. For me, uh, it hasn't really helped my sleep, mm. but I do know uh, anecdotally it helps a lot of people with Parkinson's with tremors. Okay. Um, and I talked to um, a really brilliant woman, Belinda Rizzotti, who's the na- uh, founder of the National Institute for Cannabis Health and Education, and she's seen uh, some anecdotal research that says that cannabis can actually save the neurons from further damage caused by Parkinson's. And they're really hoping to get more scientific mm-hmm. trials done around that now that it's legal. Are you going to keep taking it? Well, I'm going to try the antidepressant and see what that does for me. And then after a month of the cannabis oil and the month of the antidepressant, I'll compare it and see, uh, see what works better or see what else I should try. Hmm. Uh, who tells you that it's try a drop for a week, two for the next, three, for, and so on? Who tells you that? Oh, medical- yeah, that that's that's the guy behind the counter. Okay. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted to know. So it's not a medical doctor, uh, but it's the guy no. who sells it. Yeah, it's all trial and error. And, he, and, and the, the, because it's been illegal, the doctors, you know, my, my neurologist, I said, I'm going to try this. He goes, all right. Uh, he goes, it won't kill you. I'm like, well, good. Uh, yeah. and, but he's like, I can't make any recommendations. I can't. Because every vial you get is going to have a different balance to it. It's going to be a different strength. It's you know, how much you put in versus what you need. I, he goes, I, I can't recommend anything. Hmm. Is he interested which, to know which, the results? Uh, I'm sure he'll follow up. In fact, uh, I just, he was just, just calling me while I, I was on the call here. So. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Larry, um, down the road now, Parkinson's isn't a, a death sentence. That it, it's it's ju- it's something that you continue to live with. And I know um, colleagues in this building um, when it got quite bad, uh, those tremors quite bad. There was you know there's operations like deep brain stimulation, that sort of thing. Is that something Something that it would even be on the radar now, or is that like way down the line? Yeah, the, for the deep brain stimulation is usually reserved for people that are uh, have severe tremors and are kind of in late stage Parkinson's. Okay. Uh, for for me, I, I I'm still living a very active life. Good. I mean, I use walking poles to get around to help with balance and whatnot. But I I, I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, I I will say that. Every province across Canada is different in how they're set up in, in offering deep brain stimulation. I know like in, in Edmonton and in, in Calgary, it's like a six-month wait. In, in B.C., we only have one doctor that does it, and it's a three-year wait to get a uh, consultation and an additional two years to actually get the sur- surgery. So it's oh, a five-year wait. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're getting a couple of textures, and I just don't want to pass up the opportunity to 
pass on the information they're giving us here. But a couple of people have said along the same lines, tell your guests that after a lot of experimenting, we found the oil that has some THC in it to be far more effective for the sleeping. Yeah, I've, I've heard that as well. And so uh, when, the, when the tinctures are, are uh, openly sold in the, uh, the new cannabis stores, I will be uh, partaking. <laughs> it's... Um it's amazing at times, I think, Larry, and you think uh, when you start when you started back in your career, I don't know, 20 years ago, that we'd even be having this conversation <laughs> on yeah. the radio, isn't it, though? Yeah. Um. <laughs> you know, Larry, by the way, if I may just personally add, if everything else fails, have you tried watching the last season of Orange is the New Black? Because uh, <laughs> it'll put you out for hours. I got so desperate, I started reading books. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? What have you done with Larry? Oh, Larry, thank you so much for sharing this with us today. And uh, we'll continue to uh, look forward to um, the upcoming uh, editions of When Life Gives You Parkinson's on your podcast. And, and we hope to talk to you again sometime soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. And it's a free subscription on Apple and Google on your Android phones. Just look it up uh, When Life Gives You Parkinson's. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Take care, Larry. You know, you've been hearing on our news this afternoon uh, about the LRT situation. If you tried to get to work this morning and mm. you, you use the LRT, you know that you were asked to take buses instead. It's a, an interesting situation, one that yeah. the city says they're on top of. It's basically this, an arm, an arm. that holds the wire, you know. Yeah. yeah, well, you know that there's the arm that goes from the car to the wire, mm-hmm. right? Then there's an arm that holds the wire mm-hmm. in place. So it was the one of the arms that holds the wire in place that never moves Yeah, that was out of position yeah and then each car as the arm that yeah hit it hit it hit it hit it Um, but they say it's damaged 40 percent of their fleet Mm -hmm. 40 percent of their fleet Mm -hmm. now they knew about the arm being out of place last week uh, but had not gotten around to fixing it yet but they didn't think that it would have the outcome that it's had but my goodness that's andrew is there a better way (laughs) Should we fix stuff like that right away? Maybe. (laughs) The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.